So Father, we want to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for granting me the privilege to stand here before your people and to give your word. And thank you, Jesus, because you've anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. Thank you, Jesus, because you have anointed me to preach deliverance to the captives. Thank you, Jesus, because we have listening ears and hearing hearts in the name of Jesus. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope we're all happy to be in the house of God today. That's first and foremost very important. So who can tell me the theme of the month? Beautiful. Theme of last month. Ah, you're smart. <laughs> okay, so um, today we're going to be talking about deeply rooted and uh, the topic of discourse that's winning through adversity. That's the topic I've been given. And um, we'll begin first reading from the book of Psalms, Psalms 1, verse 1 to 3. Psalms 1, verse 1 to 3. No Bible is flipping, not even one. That's serious. Hallelujah. Are we there? Okay. No. Ah, look at this on the screen. Hallelujah. Okay, so yes, I'll be reading. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So then we'll also go quickly and we'll read Luke 6 from verse 47 to 49. Today when prayer unit was praying, I said, God, these people want to preach every single thing through this prayer. But thank you, Lord Jesus. We stopped at five minutes. Yes, yeah, so Luke 6 from verse 47 to 49. Okay? And this is Jesus speaking. And before then, we start from 46 to gain context. And he said, And why call ye me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation <laughs> built an house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Okay, and lastly, we'll be reading from Isaiah 27 verse 6. Okay, Isaiah 27 6. And it says, He shall cause them, this is the children of Israel, that come of Jacob to take root. Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. Amen. Amen. Okay. So then when we hear the topic, winning through adversity, you ask yourself, what does it have to do with being deeply rooted? I mean, you think deeply rooted and you think, well, they want us to stay in the world more. They just want us to just, okay, read, 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 read. That's all they've been saying since it's sounding monotonous at this point. Well, we cannot over talk about how much you dwell in the word of God. And we can't over speak about how much you pray. But then I'll be bringing a different angle to this today. Thankfully, our topic, our theme for last month was the new man. So it's giving me very nice free flow from here. 
So then we'll go to Psalms 1, verse 1 to 3 to actually see in details what really happened there. And we are starting from verse 2. That's really where our anchor is from, from verse 2 and verse 3. And so, yes, we will go there. And then we see that there's a type of man. You know, um, when we quickly read through Luke chapter 6, verse 4, mm, I realize I knew it. Sorry, please, Jethro. No, thank you. Yes, thank you. So sorry. Yes, so, um, yes, so we'll just quickly read from Psalms. The book of Psalms 1. Yes. Okay, and it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Have you sometimes heard this question of, Oh, um, I'm a believer. I'm a child of God. How come I'm suffering? I'm a child of God. Where was God in my pain? Sometimes, sometimes it sounds like that. Where was God in my pain? Why am I going through hardships? Why am I going through diversities? You know, and I'm going, I'm going through adversities rather, and then they're telling me ah, to be deeply rooted. What would, this, what would this give to me? What does this have to give to me? But then when we read through, and then we see this kind of man, it, it's, it's different. And speaking about the new man from the book of 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, we said that if a man be in Christ, he's a what? And what? Behold, all things are become new. 18 said that what? It's okay. All things are of God who has given us what? The ministry of reconciliation. And so we note that the old things have passed away. The old man has passed away. And then there's the new man. But then this new man now has even a new modus operandi. A new way of operating. You know, it's, it's easy for believers to blame God. It's very easy for us to, you know, put God in the spot and put accusing fingers. Well, we know that the word of the Lord has been tried. <laughs> How many times? Yes, it's sure. And surer than anything. So then it's for us to begin to learn and have a different perspective. Because sometimes when we were changed and as we've been changed, you know, from the old man to the new man, we still brought along the old man. Even if the old man is passed away, no, we still carried some certain mindsets, some certain modus operandi. We didn't realize what we really came into when we came into the faith. So when they said, ah, you've been changed, you thought to myself, now my life is just going to be better. You know, it's just spontaneous that my life will just be better. Now things will be turning around for good. When I go to the office, they'll tell me, ah, do you want promotion? <laughs> when I go to school, they'll be like, sometimes like, ah, I remember. First year, I used to imagine things like that. I'll just imagine after one nice sermon that our pastor then would give, I'll just imagine. So when I just go into the hall, the man will just be like, are you a Christian? I'll be like, yeah. Then I'll be like, oh, it's a five. <laughs> You know, I used to imagine, you know, very, very serious things. And you know, the truth of the matter is you're not wrong to have those imaginations. Do you know? You're not wrong. You're not wrong to have those imaginations. But there is a type of man. In the book of Psalms, chapter 1, verse 2, it says, But his delight, this man that does not delight in the way of the scornful men, that his delight is where? Is in the law of the Lord. When we talk about someone's delight, it's something that the person finds pleasing to do. The person finds pleasing to do the law of the Lord and hence meditates on it day and night so that he can do all that is in it, so that he can be given wholly to it. So then the truth of the matter is that this is the expectation of the new man and this is the premise upon which God expected the new man to operate from. He expected the new man to operate from the Christ perspective, the man Christ Jesus. That's the perspective he expected each and every one of us to operate from. Are you with me? 
And so then he reads, like he goes to verse 3. And he says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, it, it, it begins to bother us as believers, you know, when we see whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Because then you say things like, ah, oh, well, I've tried things and they failed. So what happened? And then it's like there's silence. How do we answer that? How do we get about that? I used to say this, and I've said this to someone before. Our faith is not a practicalization session. It's not a session for, it's not, it's not, it's not practical. It's our life. The scriptures will say that the just shall live by their faith. It's our life. And so now, this type of man is a man that lives from the perspective of the word. Do you understand what I'm saying? This type of man is a man that lives by the law of the Lord. This type of man is a man that even knows the law of the Lord. And the law of the Lord has become his foundation to live from. Hallelujah. So it's a different operation. So then somebody may say, I'm saved, but how come? How come is that? Have I actually made the choice to live from the word? It's a different case because that's the, that's the person you've been made after. You know, it's unfortunate that we actually try to do the thing of the old man. The old man is passed away. They say somebody has passed away. The person is gone. The old man can't be found. We can't trace it. So then you either have, the only thing you can do is live by according to this details of the new man or you're dead. There's no, <laughs> you have no other thing again. So you must understand that as you came into the Christian faith, I understand some of us were not properly indoctrinated into certain things. We just came in and, you know, we are saved. Well, thank God. I'm not going to have fire, full stop, and then that's just it. But that's not it. That's not it. Your faith is much more. Your faith is much more. And the expectation from you is really that you are rooted in God. The expectation from you is that you become a person that delights in the law of the Lord because it's in that image that you were made. And God's expectation from your life is that you conform whereby you produce fruit in season. And you know the beautiful thing about the producing of fruit in season? It's, it's, that one is not on your part. It's something that will happen. If you notice here, they say he's like a tree, what? Planted by the rivers of water. And what does he do? Produces fruit in his season. You see, you will produce fruit in season if you're one that is planted by the rivers of water. That's not a debate. Sometimes you say, Lord, I want to produce fruit, but are you planted by the rivers of water? Do you delight in the law of the Lord? Do you meditate on his word day and night? And the meditation in his word day and night, it's more or less of I'm getting a practice. I'm getting a practice. I'm getting a habit. Some of us say habits, right? So then we use that. I'm getting a habit. So then how am I aligned to this new person, to this new man that I am in Christ Jesus? How much of the word of God do I know? Because it's how much I know I can do. And it's very important to know where you're standing from. Now we'll go to our next place, which was Luke. The book of Luke chapter 6 from verse 40, 47 to 49. Today I didn't put my sticky notes. <laughs> we'll see. Luke 6 from verse 40. But wait, how come I'm not hearing Bibles flipping? You be by using phone today. This generation Zion. God will help us in Jesus' name. Yes. Luke 6 from verse 40. Just don't click on any WhatsApp app, please. Let's look at the Bible together. Yes, Luke 6 chapter um, verse 47. And it says, whosoever cometh to me, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. He is like a man who built an house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, what happened? The stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. 
The difference between Psalms 1, and we see in this space, thank God for Jesus Christ. And thank God he came and he elaborated very clearly. You see that the difference in Psalm 1 is that we're talking about a man, right? A man that was planted by the rivers of water. And then what happened? He bore fruit in season, in the season, in the right season, his leaves did not wither. And what happened? Whatever he did, it prospered. And then here he now comes and then he's talking about a man that builds a house. That that's the likening of a person that hears my sayings and does my what? My sayings. Now, what is the doing of the saints? Is that my life is founded on the word of God. The premise for my living is founded from the sayings of the word of God. And when we talk about the saints, we talk about the book of the prophets, and we talk through the entire Bible. That I get my life, whatever I'm doing, it is a premise for what I'm doing. And the premise is what? The word of God. As I said, the word of God and our faith is not practical session. We do it, it's a practice, yes, because it's, it's what we do. It's what we do, it's how we identify it by, what they say is culture, what's the definition of culture? Culture is the way of life. It's our way of life. It's our way of life. But then we see that when we look through our lives sometimes, we don't see an alignment. It's like, it's, it's, not, it's not making sense. It's not congruent. I'm shaking. Every time I do things, the thing shakes. Everything, every time I do things, it shakes. But then we are coming from the wrong point. Because the right point, we'll see in Isaiah 26 verse 3. He says that he shall keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. So then you ask yourself, the word of God says so many things. I'm not living in any reality of those things. I come to church on Sunday. I hear so many things, but I'm not living in the reality of those things. Guess what? Jesus said that the problem with this person is that it's not that he didn't come. Because firstly, we all came to him because we are disciples. So we came. It's not that he didn't hear. But the issue is the doing of the sayings. It's the doing of his sayings. So then it's not complete that I just heard the word. But then it's complete when I do the word. Do you understand what I'm saying? So look, as Christians, we must understand this because it's pivotal to your faith. It's pivotal to your life as a believer. You know, you should be different though. When you go out, you should be different. It should be obvious that the hand of the Lord is upon you. It should be obvious that you're living in different in ways that the carnal man is, is looking at you and they're like, how are you doing this? Yes, it should be. It should be, but the way is not just to hear, but to do. But then how do we do what we've not heard? How do we do what we don't know? And you know why I said it's not practical session? Because then we come to church, we teach on faith. And then you get out there and then you say, well, they taught me to use my faith, so I'm going to put my faith to work. And then you say, well, this exam, the scripture I use, I collect, I paste. For with God, all thing, nothing shall be impossible. Then you're just going. The next thing you come and say, oh, it will be, oh my God, it did not work. How come it did not work? You see, that's problematic. That's an issue. That's a big issue. Because it did not, the scripture did not say they just shall practice their, practicalize their faith. They just shall what? Say it with confidence here. They just shall live by their faith. How do you live by faith you don't know? And how do you do what is not within you? Because the reason why this man had it was different to build his house and found, found, he founded it on a Rock 
It's because he had a different way of thinking. He had a different mentality. He had a different mindset. That, and, and, and this man is so different because there's no miss in his life. Because the scriptures make him wise. So then everything he does prospers. Not because of himself intrinsically. But because of what the word of God has made him to be. There is a making in the word of the Lord for people that stay on the word of God. Come on. I mean, you watch them jetly things and Shang-Chi and, I don't know, jelly and thank you, Jackie Chan. <laughs> and then, no, 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 no. This is a very serious matter. And then, you know, you're seeing them and they do the chan, chan, chan and all of that stuff. And then, imagine if, let me say, it was just one blow. And then the person fell down. Then they answer cast and crew. You, the whole movie, it has ended. Do you know that's how some of us believers, we actually expect we live. Like, if you, if you see that kind of movie, won't you be angry? Then you spend 2,500 to go to cinema. And then that's what you saw. But then in our lives, it's, a, it's very different. It's very amazing. We don't, we don't live by our faith. Because then sometimes you see situations where, you know, you go and say, I, I went. I went. It did not work. Ah, ah. This is your life we're talking about here. He just shall live by faith. So if it does not work, what will happen? As I said, if you say that the new man or death, so it's over, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing again in this life. For, do you understand what I'm saying? There's nothing in this life for you again. If it does not work, that's it. But then you know the thing? I'm sorry it worked. Have you heard of the Joshua? Joshua, the son of Nun. Oh, Jesus, it worked. Joshua heard the word of the Lord and he came to him in the book of Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. And he said, be strong and of a good courage. You know, this guy, he just came in and right after his master, Moses, had gone away and he was ordained. Well, northwards is people that want to kill the, the, the children of Israel. Southward is people that want to kill them. Eastward is people that want to kill them. Westward is people that want to kill them. And then the word of the Lord comes to him and said, be strong and of a good courage. He said, for I am with you, what? Whithersoever you go. And this guy got up and was conquering cities. He was conquering lands. He was conquering territories. All he had was that word he received from God in the beginning. I don't remember any other place. I don't remember any, any other place. And you see, we'll gain context to why his life went in that direction. Because he had a mindset of, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And we saw that around the, one of the last chapters. So he had a certain mindset of living out. He, he, it was his life. It was his life. And it worked. There is nobody that stood on God's word that it did not work for. Because it's their life. So then you saying now, how many years later, how many generations later, the word of God does not work. We need to stop these sayings and take the sayings of Jesus. Glory to God. It's wrong. That's the truth of the matter. We must be corrected. We are brethren and we must know truth. It's wrong. So Abraham received the word of the Lord. When? At the age of 75. When did he have Isaac? 100. But then, did the word of the Lord work or not? But do you know the difference between Abraham and us? Abraham was a man that stayed and lived by the word. To keep it and to do it. Imagine if Joshua, after he received the word of the Lord, be strong and of a good courage. Then he now sat down on the floor. Eh, God, if you look around us now, just people, people, they are going to kill us. They want to, you know, eh, in the moment of those tears, maybe somebody from I, they will just come through the tent with one small arrow. 
you just pierce the jugular. Then maybe that's how they will, he will fall down there dead. No, because some of us believers, we don't understand that it's either you're dead or you're living by faith. So if you're not living by faith, what are you doing? What are, you, what are we doing? Do you understand what I'm saying? What can we do? <laughs> what can we do if we're not living by faith? If it's not by our foundations, then what are we going to do? If we don't live according to our foundation, that is Christ Jesus, what are we going to do? If we don't stay and do the words, what are we going to do? So then sometimes you look at church, then you see situations where, you know, we come to church and then people are crying during worship session. If we interview two people, two different people, let's say the word of the Lord came to them and said, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I'm actually really, really teaching us right now. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Then one person hears it and they're like, okay, God, I won't fear. I won't fear. You are with me. You are with me. You uphold me with your righteous right hand. You said you help me. You help me. You're my strength. Okay, you're my strength. And so they go in that their might. And then no matter what they hear, they make it a point of duty not to what? Fear. That's someone that is doing the word. But then you see another person. You compare and contrast. The person hears it, fear not for I'm with you. Oh, God. I will help me. Help you? He just said he will help you. So the, are you seeing the contrast? So then you're hearing the word of the Lord. And I, I, it's fine to be emotional. It's cool. But then it doesn't end there. You don't live by your emotions. You live by your faith. You live by the word of God. So then how well is my life complying to the word of God? A lot of us, we do this kind of things. God said, do not fear. But you're, you're afraid. Do you know that's a command? That's his sayings right there. Do not fear. But you are afraid. And you're still saying God will help us. So. But he said, I will help you. So what is your declaration supposed to be after you hear God say, I will help you? Tell me. Let's, because so we are all supposed to have the same mind. What is your reply supposed to be? The Lord has helped me. Thank you, Pastor Light. I'm helped by the Lord. I'm helped by the Lord. We live by our faith. And so the, the thing of going to take one little section of the Bible for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And then you jet off with it. Well, you're practicalizing by the faith. But that's not what God said. He said you live by it. And we live by all the sayings. He didn't say some of the sayings. He said those that come here and do my sayings. All. All of the sayings. So then if I don't know all of the sayings, how will I do them? How will I live by them? So then our benefit and whatever we see is from staying. And staying, actually, I checked other definitions. It said living. It said continuing. We continue in the word of the Lord. We continue in the word of the Lord. We don't stop. The moment I stop, I am dead. The moment I stop, that means that's the end of life. Because this is the new man. And if we see that the results are replicable from generation to generation, it cannot come to be different in our own. It can't be different. Because it's Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. But then it takes responsible believers, people that actually hear Jesus and say, I will do your sayings. I take responsibility for it. So then God gave me a word. 
And this is the way we live. It's from this point that we begin to talk about victory. There is no victory without this point. I was talking to a friend of mine. I told her. She's in the choir. I told her. I said, see, the reason why a lot of the things that we see happening is because the devil just comes, give a little, gives a little bit of affliction, just throws in a little bit of fear, something to make you tussle and bustle a little, a little bit. And the next thing, believers buy debates. You that is said upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance. You buy it and then you're afraid. You that he said, fear not. I am with you. So God is not big enough. God is not, he's not mighty enough. But you're more afraid of the camp of enemies than God. And then you buy into debate. You say, my children, my family. Oh, I'm thinking about my life. Some people say, I'm reading exams. Oh, so we have mercy on us in Jesus' name. Oh, my life, my life. That believer is a believer that has, hi, that should have been on bended knees. Contending for what has been given. What was said to Timothy by Paul? Hey, thank Pastor Light. Please give me a round of applause to Pastor Light today. What is this church? You put this on the school, you'll be loud. Now you're silent. That he may war a good warfare with the prophecies that have gone ahead of him, that have been given to him. He should war what? A good warfare with them. So then, if the resultant effect of my staying is that for with God nothing shall be impossible, I will stay there until I see the impossible happen. Because there's no other option. What is the plan B? The plan B is death. I said, <laughs> I, said I, was, I was watching, I remember I was younger, and I was watching some... Don't, 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 don't shake me. Don't judge me. And I was watching, I was watching a wrestling competition. I was a wrestling fan back then. And so it was a big guy and a small guy. You know, the small guy, he came in. He was doing all the uppercuts, um, jugular biting, everything. Used them. Um, <laughs> used chairs, smacked down, smacked up. The next thing, after he finished all his drama, the big guy was still standing like this. Ha! <laughs> and then they now brought down the cage to cover them inside the ring. Now, in that kind of situation, then the small guy will now say, I have done my best. I've, I've, I've given him a cut. I've used all, my, all the tricks I know. Now, I die. <laughs> you know, because that's all that. that this man, the, the beat him, beat him, the big man flung him here, flung him there, sat on him, everything. He was still trying to just do the same things. The same what? The same things. So sometimes you think you need to do something new. Just, let me just change. Let me, let me quickly, let me quickly run away from what I've been doing. But then what was said about the man in Psalms 2? He delights in the law of the Lord. So he continues where? He continues in it. What was said about the man in Isaiah 26 verse 3? He said he stays, he continues. The same things that you were doing, you continue and you continue because it is there that you have results. It is there that we begin to talk about the righteous prospering. It is there that you talk about any of these things, but it is sure that it will happen because God's word is sure, but we continue. Eventually, the small man continued. And then, I don't know what he did to the, maybe it was some kind of David slingshot. The man just fell down flat and he was able to crawl out of the cage. Imagine if he said, ha, I've, I've done, I've finished all the skills I know. Then he stayed there. 
That's the end of him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do we understand? If you understand, say yes. If you don't understand, say no. Raise up your hand. <laughs> Good. And that's the same attitude a believer should have. I tell you the truth and I lie not. You must continue. It's your life. You don't practicalize your life. You live it. You live this life. It's what you've been signed up to. When Jesus sees you, that's all he sees. The man that lives according to the word. And so because I'm not rightly positioned does not make God unjust or unfair. If I ask some of us, how much am I giving to the word? How much are we giving to the word? You may realize that the answers will not comply, but not in this church in the name of Jesus. But if you're in this church, repent. So then we stay. We stay so much that we are so firmly rooted that we are like that man. We are like that man that we say, ah, certainly everything this man does prospers. And until you see that, you don't, where are you going to? You don't, you don't, you stay. You continue in it. You continue in it. So God has given you a word. What do you do? You war a good warfare with it. I'm going over the same things again and again. You know why? I'm continuing in it so that it can stay. You want a good warfare with it. You don't see the end of things. No, you see, I'd be rather, things don't see the end. Mm, sorry. Things don't see the end of you. It's the other way around. We see the end of those things. We see the end of those patterns. But it's one that is given towards doing the life of Christ and doing the sayings. The sayings. It's not moral lesson. Read the Bible and know it's not moral lesson. There are things believers ought to do. Like prayer. Like prayer. Prayer is not a solution to adversity. Prayer is the way you live. Luke 18 verse 1. Jesus was speaking a parable to them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. And you know the, the, the thing. A lot of the times we, we have beautiful desires, beautiful passions, beautiful dreams and ambitions. And it's not bad. You know, it's not bad. But you see, <laughs> I was experiencing this for a second. I just imagine something. You know, how many of us went to secondary schools here? Hostels and all that. We are few, but we thank God. Yeah, that's good. So some of you can understand. And then you're going to the dining hall by 6 p.m. Or the refectory, however it's called in your case, by 6 p.m. And then you're so happy. It's your favorite food, beans. <laughs> and then you're rushing. You're rushing there. And then the next thing, you faint on the road. You just faint. You see, no matter <laughs> whether you love beans, you eat it in your dream. <laughs> you eat it in where? In your dream. It's not, it's, a, it's somebody that is living well. Hmm? That will actually be able to do anything that Christ and God has said. Because that's the way this new man, this person lives. So we also stay where? In prayer. That's how we live by prayer. How do you, how else do you want to exist? <laughs> How else do you want to continue? Because at every venture, you'll notice you keep fainting. Like now, some people, they have challenges. Challenges come because adversities will always come. Jesus did not tell us that, oh, we won't have challenges in this life. He said in this world, you'll have trials. You'll have tribulations. But be of good cheer. Be happy. I've overcome the world. I've overcome what? The world. And that's the standpoint of the believer from the place of victory. That, yeah, 
I've overcome the world. So if I see anything like David, you say, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? Do you understand what I'm saying? That's supposed to be your reaction to adversities. No, you, no, I, I can't bow to you. That's not, I am either a victorious person or I'm dead. I can't bow to you. There's no middle ground. So it's both of us will go through to the end and we will see. But I know the end. So I will pray through. And you pray. And you continue praying. But we, as I said, the problem is that we think prayer is just, is only but a solution. It's a solution to adversity, please. But it's not, that's not why it was made. That's not why, that's not what Jesus told us to use. That's not, that's not why it was made, please. If you don't pray, you're fainting. And then when adversities come, Proverbs 24 verse 10, let's actually read that. It says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is what? Thy strength is small. So then adversity comes. The thing that you're supposed to, that's the moment where you're supposed to wield your sword. That's the moment where you're supposed to say, ah, you uncircumcised Philistine. Who is this mountain before Zerubbabel? And then in that moment, you say, ah, God, why me? I'm hurt. I'm pain. It's paining me. Why do good things happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? I'm a good guy. I pray. I fast. I read the Bible. You see, the reason why it's, it's like that is because you've been reading the Bible for practicalization, not for living. Because if it's for living, then you will have an understanding that there's no other thing I can do but to pray. Because that's how you live. Do you understand what I'm saying? So us as believers, our duty is not to be taking the Bible to just be practicalizing little, little bits and pieces there. No, it should become your root core and your basis from which everything in your life stems off from. So if there's something that is going off, you go back, you say, Abba, what's happened? What's going on? And then you pray through it and he gives you a word. That's not the moment to start crying. Ah, yeah, he gave me a word. Oh God, help me then. No. It's not emotional massage. I told somebody that if God tells you, tells me, fear not, Ebube, I am with you. Oh, God. You're in for a run. You're in for a run. Because I would chase you. Oh, no. I will not leave that matter until I, until you, I see it. Where that you're under my foot. Where you're, where you're supposed to be. Oh, no. You're in for a run. And it should be the same way with all of us as believers. That God's word is not massa emotional massage. His word comes with power. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is powerful. It's active. The word of God performs. It does that which it says it will. That's how powerful it is. It was powerful enough to quicken Abraham's dead balls. It was powerful enough to get a woman through menopause and barrenness to have a child. It was powerful enough for somebody to hold the sun. It was powerful enough for people to get rain to fall. For people to hold that rain will also not fall. It was powerful enough to cause confusion in the camp of the Midianites. The word of the Lord has not changed in its potency. Because it's Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever, and forever will be the same way. But what are you going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with the word of God? So then you see something is happening in your nation. And you see that it's looking bad. Things are looking gloomy over here. What are you going to do with the word of the Lord? 
What are you going to do with it? Because I remember clearly that when the word of the Lord came to Joshua, there was no place he went to that he didn't conquer. There was no place. And it won't start now that there is a place that God cannot conquer. When people speak damnation about a place, what do you say? When people speak damnation about circumstances, what do we say? It tells the life and the proposition from where you're living and from where you're, from where you're speaking. It tells. It tells. It shouldn't be us and it will not be found amongst us that when we are in the face of adversity, our strength is small because it will show. This man is a man that when he does things, everything prospers. There is no miss. That's what it means. There is no miss. So if I see my life and all I see around me are misses, that it's a missing everywhere, then that means I have left the position I'm supposed to be at. I have left the place of staying. Or maybe I just was not there. But it's not too late to stay on the word and be one to stay on God. God, who are you, is a very good question. If you've never asked that question before. Because he is the source of your life. And whatever it is we are staying on in God is actually God we are getting from. When your, when your strength is small, what do we do? What then do we do? What are we going to do? Because how would we live? How would we survive? How are we supposed to go through life out there? God already provided a way out of that. Have you heard Isaiah 40 verse 31? He says that those that wait on the Lord, that they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk. They shall not faint. They shall run. They shall not be weary. Yes, that's what the word of the Lord says. There is such kind of strength for a believer. Are you a believer? Then there's such kind of strength for you. But then it comes in the place of staying. And you don't live there until you realize that, man, I can do the things that natural people cannot do. It should be evident in your life. It should be prominent in your life. It should be. And so we continue. We keep staying. Because just like the man that is connected to the rivers of water, that's the same way our life is connected to the word of the Lord when we keep staying and when we continue in it. We are supplied by that river. We are kept by that river. The moment you cut off that chain, then you realize that everything begins to wither. But that's not the plan. That's not God's plan. So then the question is, where am I positioned? Because it really matters. It matters for a believer that where am I positioned? Where am I positioned? Am I found staying, continuing every single time in the word of the Lord? You will see how Philemon, in the book of Philemon chapter 1, he'll say, continuing in these things, acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus, that your property may be seen to all. The word of the Lord does not lie. Do you know why someone can write that? Because he saw it worked. If it didn't work, he wouldn't write it. Then it would be a lie. So it works. It works. We still pray and have results. We still speak the word and things come, into, come to pass and come into play. But then the question is, which believer will take the responsibility to stay by the word of God? And to stay on the word of God? To stay firm and rooted in the word of God? The word of God is our life guide. There is nothing else we have aside from this. There is no believer that is not made by the word. And what God really wants is an army of strong people. That the list of you will be as strong as David. You say, who am I? What am I? What's my strength? He doesn't want you seeing yourself from that perspective. He wants you seeing yourself from the perspective of the word. But if you're not staying, then you can't even see the resultant effect. 
I'm telling you the resultant effect is the spontaneous part. But then the staying has to do with your discipline. The staying has to do with you seeking out God. There is a part for everyone to play. And we must see that. Whether we like it or not, the man, the second man that was spoken about in the book of Luke chapter 6 verse 49, he says about this man that he also came, he heard, but he just didn't do. He didn't think, oh, this applied to me. I don't need to apply the sayings to my life. He just heard it. Like now, some of all of us are hearing now. And we may say, oh, amazing, sermon, wow, great. And then you leave. But then, that's not, that's not how God expects it to just be. He expects that word to actually stay within you. And then it grows as an edifice, whereby it begins to produce what? Results. He expects it to grow from within you. He doesn't expect it to remain a seed. He doesn't expect the word that you just heard now to remain just here and dormant. He expects that you begin to walk in the reality of divine strength. He expects that as you come here, you begin to live in that reality. And you know that, okay, this is who I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Time flies. Time flies. Jesus, have mercy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm shocked. Okay. Yes, all right. So I'll just quickly. Ah, Jesus. Hmm. I wanted to go, I wanted to go further to, <laughs> to go through my notes. I've said everything in the notes. But then but then there's more to say. But please let's stay. You're going back home, Summer. Some of you are like, yay, we're going home. You see the person that spoke. Leave food. <laughs> you did not hear that by coincidence. Maybe you're here. And, it's part, and let me tell you, fasting is also part of our lives as believers. Do you understand? These things are part of your life. It's your life. It forms your life force. Do you understand? For a believer now, you can't say things like I'm a failure. It's not in the Bible. So it's not of you. Everything that you are made of is of God. It came from God. All that is of God is what is in you. So your life is found in the word of God. And anything that is an aberration, you get on your knees. Do you understand? You wore a good warfare with that. You, you have it in your, in your mouth. They, you don't leave it. No, you don't leave it. Where are you leaving it to? Do you understand? There's no place to leave it to. God will have you be strong. He won't have you act strong. He will have you what? Be strong. There is a strength in God. I'm telling you this. But it comes for those that wait, those that stay, those that continue in, those that live in, those that abide. Those that abide. That say, if there is no other place to go from here, is either here or I perish. There's no other way. There's no other way. I don't care what people may say, but I am not a failure. And I don't even care what I say. I am not that's a lie hallelujah let's be on our feet as we pray Jesus let's just open our mouths and let's just begin to thank the Lord and just begin to thank the Lord for the word that has come now Jethro you can help me thank you Jesus Thank you, Father. We worship. 
Oh Jesus, we say thank you for your word that has come. So I just want to ask, is there anyone here that has a pain on their leg right now? A pain on your leg, and I pray with you. A pain on your leg, anyone? Is that a hand? That's a hand. Okay, there. All right. So then, please, what you do for me is you put your hand on that leg. Put your hand on that leg. In the, now, is your hand there? In the name of Jesus. Where? Who else? Gideon. Okay. Jethro, please help me put your hand there. So now, in the name of Jesus... I command you, spirit of infirmity, out of their legs now in the name of Jesus. And I speak healing to that leg. I restore health to your leg now in the name of Jesus. Pain, go. In the name of Jesus. Check it. Check it if you can. Please check it now. If it's gone, please raise up your hand. Gideon, how's it? Reduced. Reduced. Okay, so now in the name of Jesus, I command pain go. Pain go. In the name of Jesus. Gideon, check it again. your word it continues in our hearts therein and we continue 
in it as well. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. For in Jesus' name we pray.